Hi, this is Pastor Jeff, and I just want to take a moment to thank you for subscribing to our podcast. Hey, if these resources have been a blessing to you, would you please consider supporting us so we can continue to be here and reach even more people for Christ? Look for the donate link right here on your podcast player. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy today's message. God bless you. Welcome to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, who's in his new series, Soldiers of the Cross. To stand firm against the schemes of the devil, the full armor of God is required. Join us today for a timely and essential lesson describing the armor of a good soldier. Ephesians from his first Roman imprisonment. He was chained between two Roman guards, and he saw every day the dress of the Roman guards. He's very familiar, just as all the people in the first century, very familiar with a Roman soldier. They knew what the Roman soldiers wore. And by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he said, This is the armor of a Roman soldier. This is the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak." He prays for, uh, asked them to pray for him that he would have boldness, just as we talked last week, boldness to be a courageous witness for Christ. Well, Paul talks about the armor of God here, and he says that we need to take up the full armor of God, put on the full armor of God. We don't go off half-cocked into the battle. We go on fully dressed. We are dressed for success. It's not some that you can take and leave. Well, I don't really want to wear this, but I'll wear that. No, we take it all because unless you take it all, you cannot stand firm against the schemes 
of the devil. We have the ground. God has given us the battleground. It is ours. Just like the Lord told Joshua, Joshua, you're going to go and cross the Jordan and you're going to go into the promised land. And every place which your foot trods, I have given it to you as an inheritance. You, you, you go get it, but it's yours. It's every place you go. That those people that are there, they're poachers on your land. You go get it. I've given it to you. Joshua wasn't fighting for victory. He was fighting from victory. That's the same way we do in the Christian life. But in order to stand firm against the schemes of the devil, you have to put on the full armor of God. The first piece he talks about is the belt of truth. The belt of truth. Now, the belt of truth is necessary to combat the devil's divisive strategies. God gives us the belt of truth because the devil has a strategy to divide us. He says in verse 13, or verse 14, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the belt of truth. The Romans would wear those uh, long tunics, and, uh, it, and when they would fight, they would gird up their loins. You've heard that phrase, gird up your loins. That means you take your, your robe and you stuff it in your belt so that you're free, so your legs are free to fight. You wouldn't want to fight with a robe that was coming down to your calf because you could get tangled up in your robe. So what would they do? They would gird up their loins and they would take their tunic and they'd stuff it into their thick belt so that their legs would be free so that they could fight. Now, the belt of truth combats the devil's divisive strategies. He is a divider, and he wants to divide your heart and my heart. Gird your loins with truth. Now, is that talking about the truth of the Word of God? Yeah, kind of, but he talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So the truth he's talking about is not so much the truth. It is truthfulness. It is truthfulness in your life. The, the truthfulness, integrity in your life that holds you all together. It is so critical. Now, remember that the devil works to divide your loyalties. He works to divide the loyalties in your heart. The very first commandment of the Ten Commandments, I am the Lord your God who delivered you from the land of Egypt, from the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. No other gods that come and rival me. No other gods that compete for first place in your heart. So what does the devil do? I'm going to try and bring some other gods up there so that you would go after other gods. Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. But I am afraid, lest as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your mind should be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. God wants us to love him with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength, all our mind, to have a singular focus on the Lord and on the mission that he has given us. And what does the devil do? The devil tries to uh, draw us away from that, from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ, from the simplicity, that word also means sincerity, 
of devotion to Christ. He works to bring hypocrisy into your life and mine. Hypocrisy. So that we talk a big game, but we don't walk it out. As some people in another land said to Christian missionaries, well, many of us would have become Christians, but the problem with you Christians is you talk a big game, but you don't walk it out. You know, I I can't hear what you're saying because I'm watching how you live. That's a danger for all of us. See, the belt of truth holds you together in sincerity, in singleness of purpose, in your love for the Lord, in your commitment to the Lord, that you're true blue. doesn't mean that you're sinless because no one is, but it means that you're genuine. You're above reproach, and you don't talk one way and walk another way. The Bible says this in 1 John chapter 1, God is light. John says, this is a message which we have heard from him and announced to you, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Because we're saying one thing, but we're not walking that out. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with with one another, us with God, and the blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. How do you really walk with God in sincerity and in integrity? You walk in the light with Him. And when you sin, you bring your sins before Him. And you don't let things build up, and you don't uh, become a hypocritical Christian who says one thing and does another. So the belt of truth combats the devil's divisive strategies, and you mark it down. He is working. I'm afraid, lest as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your mind should be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Second piece of armor that he mentions is the breastplate of righteousness. Now, what does that correspond to? The breastplate of righteousness combats the devil's accusations against us. You know what the word devil means? Diabolos in the Greek? False accuser. Revelation chapter 12 verse 10 tells us that the devil accuses us before God day and night. Constantly accusing, accusing, accusing. And so the breastplate of righteousness, it protects your heart. It protects your vital organs. It protects against the schemes of the devil. And one of his big methods, one of his big schemes is false accusation. Now, think about the word righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. What righteousness is he talking about? Is he talking about self-righteousness? No. The Pharisees had a lot of self-righteousness. They weren't wearing the breastplate of righteousness. They were wearing self-righteousness. The Bible says that your righteous deeds are like a filthy rag to God. Filthy rag. Uh, God is not talking here about self-righteousness. What he's talking about is his righteousness. And Christians wear his righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. He's the breastplate of righteousness. We put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and we make no provision for the flesh with regard to its lusts. 
Isaiah 61 verse 10 says this, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exult in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. Hey, the moment that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, what does God do? He receives you. You're accepted in the beloved. And just like the prodigal son, when he came back, the father embraced him and he put a robe on his back, a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet. Hey, God does that for us. He puts a a robe on our back. What robe? The robe of righteousness. He clothes us in a robe of righteousness. Christians, that's what we get to wear. And we get to claim his righteousness. Because we wear his righteousness, he's put that on us. He's delivered us, as it says in Colossians, he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transfers us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption. What is that? The forgiveness of sins. We are clothed in his righteousness. We get to wear his righteousness. We get to claim his righteousness. Now, remember, the devil is an accuser, and he's a false accuser. And all who are Christians have experienced the accusations that come from the devil. When you try and do something for the Lord, you're going to take a step and do something for the Lord. You hear the accusing voice of the enemy. How dare you? Who are you to do this? Who are you to sing in the choir? Who are you to teach a Sunday school class? Who are you to give a testimony? Look at the sin in your life. Look what you did in the past. Remember what you did last year, last year? Uh, five years ago, 10 years ago. Remember when you were in high school and you did this on a Saturday night? He'll just beat you up with guilt over your life, your past life, over sins that have been confessed. Have you ever had the experience where you committed a terrible, horrible sin. Oftentimes, it's sexual sin because there's something about sexual sin. Any other sin a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. And you commit a terrible, horrible sexual sin, and the devil will beat you up over and over and over again uh, about that sin. And what do you do? You confess it to God, and you confess it to God, and you confess it to God, and you confess it to God over and over and over and over. And every time we do that, we're saying to God, God, I don't believe that you ever forgave me in the first place. So I'm asking you again for the thousandth time, asking you if you would forgive me. Adrian Rogers says, we don't need to ask God a thousand times to forgive us for the same sin. We need to ask God once to forgive us of that sin and thank him a thousand times for forgiving us. So we wear his righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. We claim his righteousness, and we walk in his righteousness. Now, this is where we fall apart. We fall apart in claiming his righteousness, and we fall apart in wearing his righteousness, in in walking in his righteousness. He's given us a robe of righteousness. He's declared us righteous. He says, all your sins are forgiven. But so often we don't walk, as the Scripture says, in a manner worthy of the Lord. Colossians chapter 1, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Paul says in 
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you've been called. Walk in a manner, that word worthy means suitable, adaptable. It's the manner that fits. So because you were delivered from the domain of darkness and delivered from sin and transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son, we're to live like that. The Lord says, you shall be holy for I am holy. You belong to me now, and so I want you to be a witness in this world of my holiness, of the fact that, my, uh, that I have changed your life. Now, if you don't walk in his holiness and you don't deal with sin in your life, it goes back to the hypocrisy that comes in. Your belt starts slipping, your, your breastplate starts falling, the accusations start coming and they start sticking. Why? Because you know you're not living right. You know you're letting sin get in your life and you're not dealing with it. You're not walking in the light and you're letting sin have a place in your heart. You can't live like that and walk in victory. You're going to get defeated every single time. Hey, a soldier is serious about his job as a soldier. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. We don't get tangled up in this world. And we don't uh, follow after the things of this world. You know, it's very interesting. The last chapter that Paul ever wrote, 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, no doubt with a broken heart, Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me. Hypocrisy got in his life. The breastplate fell. The devil wiped him out. And we need to walk in his righteousness. We need to deal with sin. That's true for me, that's true for you, that's true for the Apostle Paul, that's true for all of us. Hey, the breastplate of righteousness, when you're walking in the light with the Lord, that silences the diabolos, the devil, the false accuser, and that keeps him from gaining traction in your life. And then the third piece of armor, the shoes of the gospel of peace. Now, the shoes of peace combat the devil's plan to bring war with God. The shoes of peace. Now, remember this. The devil is at war with God. Every unbeliever is fighting against God. And the devil wants to get a believer to fight against God too. So what do we do? Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Here's a picture of a Roman soldier's shoes. They're sandals, first century. They're sandals, and on the bottom of those sandals, they would nail in these little hobnails to make them like cleats, to make them, they're like golf shoes, like spikes on golf shoes. Why? Because when you're going to fight, you have to have sure footing. You can't go into battle with skates on. You're not going to do well. So you have to have cleats, something that sticks in the ground so that you can fight, so that you don't slip. And the shoes of peace, 
That is what God gives us to combat the devil's schemes to get you to see that uh, God is my enemy. God is not your enemy. And the gospel comes. It's called the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace brings us peace with God. That's what it does. It brings us peace with God. Gospel, the word gospel, eongelion, is the word good news, good story, good message. And it's a good message of how you can have peace with God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exult in hope of the glory of God. This faith in which we stand, which we stand firm, shod, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The moment that you believe the gospel, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he wraps you in a robe of righteousness and you have peace with God. You're not at war with him anymore. You know, we talk about the word atonement. The, 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 the cross was the atoning power of God. That's, atonement means you, you take holy God and sinful man and you bring them together through the cross. You bring them into one. Atonement is also described as at one meant and through Christ, we're brought into unity with God. We're not against him anymore. He's not against us. But the devil will work just like, hey, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. But there are a lot of Christians living in condemnation. Why? Because they're believing the lies of the devil and they're not suiting up for the war. And many who have trusted Christ they're still at odds with God. Why? Because their feet aren't shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel brings us peace with God, and sharing the gospel keeps us on mission with God. Feet are shod with the preparation. I'm prepared to share the gospel of peace. Why? Because we live in a world where there are lots of people that don't have peace with God. Lots of people that are at war with God. Lots of people that are angry with God. Lots of people say, God, I don't want you messing in my life. Uh, sure, I like you to bless my life, but I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. And if what I want to do matches up in some way, shape, or form with some of the things you want me to do, I'm fine with that, but I'm still in control. See, that's what sin is, S-I-N. Sin is the big I. It's I want to do what I want to do. That is sin. God is opposed to that. He's opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, when we receive the gospel, we have peace with God. When we share the gospel, we're on mission with God. And it keeps our hearts right with God because we're doing what he wants us to be doing. Jesus said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus told the disciples and us, you shall be my witnesses. We have something wonderful to share with people. And we need to be prepared to share. 1 Peter chapter 3, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account of the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. I'm ready to share with people what the Lord has done in my life.
I'm learning the Roman road. I'm learning about salvation, verses about salvation, so I'll be ready to go. If somebody asks me, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I'm ready to tell them, this is what you do. My friend, a U.S. soldier in the Lord's army, have you ever received Christ as Savior and Lord? If not, today is the day for you. Just pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. I know that I'm a sinner and I'm lost and I can't save myself. But Jesus, I believe you are God in the flesh. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, forgive me of all my sins, make me the person you want me to be. I surrender my all to you. My friend, if you'll pray that kind of prayer and mean it, the Lord will come in and your life will never be the same. I'd love to hear from you, to know that you're watching, to know that this program is making a difference in your life, to know that you just prayed that prayer to receive Christ as Savior and Lord. Please take the time to call that toll-free number, write me, email me, let me know what's going on and how we can pray for you. You really are important to God and you're important to us and we're here for you. Today's message, called The Armor of a Good Soldier, is from Pastor Jeff's new seven-message series, Soldiers of the Cross. The message is available in multiple formats when you call 877-777-6171 or go online to fromhisheart.org. There's a spiritual battle raging all around us, and there's a desperate need for disciplined and courageous soldiers to combat the enemy and make a lasting impact on the world for Jesus Christ. Paul told young Timothy, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. You see, the moment you become a Christian is the moment you become a soldier in the Lord's army. And God is looking for us to be good and faithful soldiers, soldiers who stand up for Jesus and speak the truth in love. That's what my new seven message series can help you do. I believe that the Soldiers of the Cross series and the companion booklet, The Lord's Army, will provide you the encouragement and plan needed to fight the good fight of faith and successfully finish the race that the Lord has given each of us to run. This series, along with the companion booklet, are my thanks for your support to From His Heart this month. Hey, start out 2023 with the discipline and courage needed for the fight. Become the bold and faithful soldier of the cross that God wants you to be. And thank you for helping us share real truth, real love, and real hope around the world each day. God bless you. To get your copy of Pastor Jeff's new seven-message series, Soldiers of the Cross, and the companion booklet, The Lord's Army, make your gift today when you call 877-777-6171 or go online to fromhisheart.org. It's available in multiple formats. From His Heart is the viewer-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, who believes that no matter how badly you may have messed up in life, God still loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. You can find out more when you go to fromhisheart.org. Real truth.